Politics is the art of persuasion. I don't care if you're lying. I don't care if you're telling the truth. If you cannot persuade people to vote for you or to follow you, it does not matter. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored, live from New York City. You're seeing the Statue of Liberty there. And of course, that is the symbol of freedom and democracy in the United States. And nothing symbolizes that more than the presidential race. My next guest is shaking up the race for the White House. He's come from pretty well nowhere to be an insurgent challenger to President Biden. And when he speaks, people are listening. He's a Kennedy, a controversialist, and now a candidate for president of the United States. RFK Jr. is seen by some as the black sheep of America's most famous political dynasty. Both his uncle, President John F. Kennedy, and his father, Robert F. Kennedy, were assassinated. Robert Jr. blames the CIA. Congress found that, yeah, it was a plot. It was a conspiracy. Just as he blames vaccines for autism and Wi-Fi for cancer. Wi-Fi radiation is, <laughs> uh, it does all kinds of bad things, including causing cancer. While some cry conspiracy, many simply see a leader is ready to rock the establishment and is paying off. 49% of respondents say Democrat presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Damn. favorably by voters. Damn, that's crazy. Look at Kennedy making his mark, right? Damn. Higher than President Biden. The wannabe podcast president is winning over liberals tired of Biden and Republicans tired of Trump. But is this ripped renegade really ready to be president? That boy been working out. He's been moving weight, pushing up, pushing up. His body, you know, in, in shape for his age. I mean, that's, a, I guess, a plus. I mean, I don't expect the president to be fighting personally, but it's good to know that he takes his health seriously and that he has the commitment to, you know, work out and keep his body in shape, which I can respect. Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. joins me now. Great to see you. Great to meet you. Thanks Great to meet you. Um, I interviewed you uh, a few weeks ago, the very start of all this. I've got to say, you're having a great race. I mean, this is really for you. I would say of all the candidates on either side, you're the one getting most attention. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, so far so good. I'm, uh... His voice does not help him. I, I mean, he might be popular, I guess, and gaining up, but uh, I know that he has a, a condition or something that causes his voice to be that way. Um, but it's, it, it definitely doesn't help him. I, I could honestly say that. And most people probably, uh, hopefully, don't care. It should be about the substance. But at the same time, people tend to gravitate towards politicians who are more savvy, I guess, or have a better sounding voice or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, he must be doing something right. I, I, me and my whole team are very happy with how things are going. We're getting tremendous traction all over the country. Our polling data shows, uh, you know, me um, surging. Oh, we're happy. Let me ask you, because viewers were asking me last time, what's up with his voice? They didn't know. They didn't know you. They hadn't heard you speak before. Let's talk about that. What is the issue with your voice? I had a very, I had a very, very strong voice until I was 42 years old. In 1996, I had an injury uh, that caused a neurological disorder called spasmodic dystonia. And it makes my voice like this. And I cannot listen to my voice. I, when I go home, I will not listen to this program. Really? I, I can't do it. And I feel... See, I think that even him admitting the fact that he doesn't even like the way his own voice sounds, I mean, it, it's just something you got to be honest about. 
I mean, especially I, I watched the video with the guy Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. I think I'm getting that right. Very smooth talker, very fluent, and uh, comes out very intelligent. And uh, I just say that he has a, a much better speaking voice than Kennedy does. Sorry for the people in your audience who have to listen to me, but <laughs> this, is, this is the best I've got right now. But I am. You know, I went over with my wife, Cheryl Hines, to do a surgery in Kyoto in Japan about uh, eight months ago, and it made my voice a lot more reliable. And I, now I'm doing a bunch of alternative uh, sort of therapies that make it, I, I think, are they're making it a lot stronger. So we'll see what happens. Because you must be, when you're on the trail like this, you're doing so many interviews and, and stumpings and so on. I mean, you use your voice all the time. Does it worry you that it may just sort of pack up or... No, because my voice actually doesn't get weaker when I use it. It gets stronger. Really? Yeah, because it's not it's not tissue injury. So my my you know, my vocal cords are very, very strong. It's just the neurological signals that are being sent to them are uh, are telling them to tighten up all the time and it makes my voice gravelly. But I can talk twenty hours a day and my voice won't wear out. So I've listened to a few of his other videos where he's talking. And to me personally, I feel like as if the more he talks, either I'm for one, like getting used to it or for two, it improves over time. I don't know which one it is, but I guess the more I listen to him, the more uh, it, it doesn't come off as bothersome. But at the same time, when you get on that debate stage and it's time to like really, you know, go at it with the other well, if he gets on the debate stage, we don't know how that's going to play out. But, um, shoot, I mean, I just think it's crazy. David, what's up? Microwaves can cause cancer. The air we breathe can cause cancer. The sun causes cancer. I mean, what don't cause cancer these days, honestly? I'm not worried about that. But <laughs> well, I, I don't what, like the way it sounds, and I, you know, I apologize to everybody. I don't think any apology is necessary. I think people are just curious. <laughs> um, and actually, it's what comes out of your voice that's more interesting and more relevant to the fact that you want to be president. You come from American royalty, the Kennedy family. Obviously, they've had. I feel like Pierce Morgan picks and chooses who he goes after hard and versus who he doesn't. I always feel as if Pierce Morgan has like his favorites or the people he's like more interested in like massaging versus like brutally attacking. And I don't necessarily know if it's due to whether or not he agrees with that person on certain things or disagrees with that person on certain things. Maybe it's the position of the person he's talking to, but. You know, when Pierce Morgan had, like, a conversation with Andrew Tate, that style of conversation uh, was started off much different than this one. I don't know. The president. They've had others who were running for president. Uh, why do you want to be president? What's your burning focus here as to why well, you, you know, I, I was... I did not spend my lifetime of thinking about someday I'm going to run for president. I A bunch of things happened, particularly since COVID. Oh, the last 18 years, I've been subject to a lot of censorship on the issue of vaccines. So most people, you know, call me, people call me anti-vaccine, but I'm not anti-vaccine. But I'm called that in order to silence me. And I've been silenced in you know, many, many ways for, for the last 18 years, but particularly since COVID, when there was blanket censorship around the country um, and in the UK and everywhere, people, you know, doctors who were reporting uh, injuries in their patients from the vaccines or reporting success from early treatments like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were all silenced because that was not part of the political narrative. They got a lot of words to describe people these days, whether it's racist, homophobe, transphobe, turf, whether it's uh, anti-vaxxer, 
there are so many buzzwords that people just hurl around. It's more so like engage with the person and what they're saying. If this man is saying something that's counterfactual, bring out the facts and convince people by showing where he's wrong, which some people will do. But just like off the muscle, calling people names and trying to use these buzzwords to virtue signal, to me, it's a little tiresome. And like 2023, it just seemed like people got it so good in America that all they do is got time to sit around and make up new words or new ways of describing people so that they can insult them or put them down. And it really just irks my nerves. And the frustration of that censorship. And now, you know, there was a case that uh, a 155 page opinion that was issued earlier this week by a judge um, in Missouri um, about uh, enjoining the White House from censoring people anymore. And it's a large part of that decision is about the censorship of me by the Biden White House. I was the first person censored. So Biden came into office on January 21st, 2021. And on January 23rd, Twitter and the other social media sites refused or, uh, um, received orders from the White House to deplatform me. And then three. Oh, and I certainly later, think that a lot of the censorship that went on during COVID on, on many fronts was completely wrong, looking back over it, and shouldn't have been happening. Can I, let me just ask you, have you ever. Censorship is never the key. It's never the key. Anybody who's arguing in favor of censorship is an enemy to what we should stand for in America and our values liberty, the freedom of speech. But the censorship, if it's not causing harm or there's not a victim, like a direct victim involved, we're not talking about words here. We're talking about like, you know, certain material or content that could be considered harmful to, uh, you know, victims within those videos or whatever the case may be. But anytime people talk about censorship, it's most likely a form of control. And uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest, everybody's in the business of censorship these days. And not only is everybody in the business of censorship these days, everybody's a victim. You know, you notice that everybody has a victim story. They either censored me, they're coming after me, they're attacking me, or they're oppressing me. Like everybody has a victim story these days. Is it like so hard not to be a victim? I had a vaccine, right? Have I had vaccines? I, I was fully compliant. What have you had in your life? I mean, vaccines. Well, I had all the vaccines. You know, when I was a kid, I took the three vaccines that were then required. Now, my kids' generation, there are 72 vaccines required in this country, 72 doses of 16 vaccines. But I was traveling a lot as a kid. I went to Africa, Latin America, and everything. All right. Time to fact check. Uh, How many vaccines are required? Let's see. I guess through the lifetime. Required. In the U.S., uh, first thing that came up was Moderna, coronavirus. Uh, not before that seems required. Uh, all right, it's gonna be hard to get this. Hold on, let's see. Uh, the number of vaccines. Required in America. Let's see. That's COVID. Uh, list of vaccines used in the United States. There's a list of vaccines used in uh, the United States. See full list of cdc.gov. Uh, 
Okay, I don't know, but uh, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. So I'm seeing about 26 on the list of the CDC saying a list of vaccines used in the United States. So I'm seeing 26. And under these 26, there are uh, multiple ones under each 26. And I'm not going to sit here and count it, but it, there is a, a sizable amount. I'm going to say that much. Definitely a sizable amount. So, you know, David says, he said Wi-Fi caused cancer and he's right, but it's like cigarettes or anything else. It depends on the genetic intensity and other environmental factors. Uh, yeah, uh, some people get sun cancer, a lot of the carcinogens, even like if you drink coffee or tea, depending on the level of heat you get, it can cause cancer. Some of the foods can cause cancer. So, uh, you know, what? Let, let, let me look that up right now since I'm already looking up stuff. Uh, does Wi-Fi cause cancer? Does Wi-Fi cause cancer? Let's see if I can find a study. I see uh, Cancer Institute. Let's see. Uh, Wi-Fi and electronic devices that connect to it, such as cell phones, laptops, and wireless headphones are all around us. So far, there are no consistent evidence that Wi-Fi routers or Wi-Fi powered devices increases cancer risk. Uh, Wi-Fi and radiation, wireless network stream, invisible radio waves, a form of radio frequencies through the air, similar to cell phones, computers, Bluetooth speakers, and Wi-Fi power devices. The concern around Wi-Fi and routers cause cancer is due to the emissions of these EMFs. These are invisible areas of energy that are produced by electricity and are often referred to as radiation. There are two types of EMFs, ionizing and non-ionizing. Ionizing radiation is high-level radiation, which has the potential for cellular and DNA damage. Some forms of this type of EMF include ultraviolet rays and X-rays. Uh, is Wi-Fi harmful to my health? Are there harmful effects of sitting next to a Wi-Fi modem? When your Wi-Fi router transmits data, it emits EMF that the body can absorb. The greater the distance you put between yourself and the router, the less radiation your body encounters. The amount of radiation absorbed from a wireless router is minor compared to the EMF transmitted from talking to talking on a cell phone. Your cell phone exposes the area of your body to which is held, the ear or the head, to the energy given to EMFs and other factors. Although there is direct exposure to the skin, non-ionizing radiation can't damage DNA or cells directly like ionizing radiation can. So far, there is no consistent evidence that Wi-Fi routers or Wi-Fi power devices increase cancer risk, despite low-frequency EMFs being classified as possibly carcinogenic. Researchers have not observed a direct connection between these devices and cancer. The best way to protect yourself from radiation emissions from routers and electronic devices is to minimize exposure. All right, so that's what you get. Um, that's what I got from Healthline, uh, uh, the Cancer Institute, Dana Farber Cancer Institute. So uh, it does emit uh, EMF. So you take that as you will. Uh, but apparently talking on your cell phone call can, you know, put you at risk. So are we going to stop talking on our cell phone? Something you got to consider. Bluetooth? Something you got to consider. All right, back to it. Back, back to it. Thanks. So I received that entire battery that you used to receive. So I probably received more vaccines than most people in my generation. And your kids, so by the kids way, have vaccine? My, my kids are all fully vaccinated now. So you're not intrinsically anti-vaccine? No, I was never anti-vaccine. All I want is, is the safety signs. I think that we should have placebo-controlled trials, which are required for every other medical product, 
prior to licensing vaccines. And unfortunately, vaccines are exempt from those. They're the only medicine or medical product that are exempt from pre-licensing safety trials. And, you know, and therefore, we do not know what the risk profile for any of these products are. And we do not know for any particular of those 72 doses whether they are averting more problems than they're causing. And I just think we ought to know that. I also don't believe that we should have mandates. I think, you know, medicine, the government should not be. Well, I certainly think once, the, once it was established. All right. So the question should be, and I'm always going to say this, politics is the art of persuasion. I don't care if you're lying. I don't care if you're telling the truth. If you cannot persuade people to vote for you or to follow you, it does not matter. Now, we can talk about the true claims or what, uh, on what he's talking about, whether you agree with him or disagree with him. One thing I'll never argue is that a person doesn't have the right to question or doubt. One thing I will not argue that. Um, what I will say is a lot of these things are very complex. And if you're going to watch a video like this and you're going to try to get some kind of information from exactly what he's saying, fact check. Do your own fact checking. Always look into these situations yourself. Try to find the information that's right. And I'm not talking about going to an article and just reading the headline or scrolling through some regular random article. Try to find the studies. Try to find the research. A lot of times these links or these uh, articles will have links to the actual data and the research or the people who actually conducted the study. Then you can go through that and try to have a full understanding of that study and research and try to come to the right conclusion of what they're saying. A lot of times people will misrepresent what a study says in order to try to skew it in favor of what they're saying. A lot of times people will draw conclusions from a study that the study itself did not draw. So there's a lot going on with this. Now, if Robert F. Kennedy wants to tackle vaccines, that's his prerogative. Apparently, it's having enough significance for him to be rising in the polls as he is. I don't know if that says more about Robert F. Kennedy or if that says how much people don't like Biden. Say what you will about that. You could transmit the virus, COVID, whether you've been vaccinated or not, then it becomes a personal choice. Right. I think that once that was established, to me, that argument about mandated was, was nonsensical. Let's take a short break. I don't want to spend the whole interview talking about vaccines. You tend to do that a lot, probably not for choice. Now, David, you said that you don't really trust uh, Cancer Institute's opinions. Uh, what about the Cancer Institute that you don't trust? It's about minimizing exposure, and we have it everywhere now. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to run away from technology or the way our world operates now, it's just nearly impossible. I can't be streaming to you right now without some kind of Wi-Fi connection or whatever the case may be. So it's like, it's give or take, and nobody's going to live forever. The best you can do is like try to minimize your exposure to these things and, you know, take extra stuff to be healthy. But, you know, that's the most I can really say. Not, not through choice. Well, through choice. So we've done that. Let's come back and talk about, about you. I know you're a falconer. You like whitewater rafting. You like a thrill and a, and a danger in your life. I want to get into that after the break. More from Robert Kennedy Jr. Welcome back to Facebook. I don't know why they be treating these things like TV. Live from New York City. I'm with my guest, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. What was the best and worst thing about being a Kennedy? I, I you know, I, I... The softball question. I think the good vastly outweighs the bad. Uh, I, I, I don't see anything to complain about, honestly. You know, I think there's been so many... I feel so blessed. I feel a privilege to be a member of this family and... You know, not only because of the, sort of the, the cash and prize, the, the connections that you have and the access and the education. And then it's, you know, I have 11 brothers and sisters yeah. and 29 cousins and we all. So you basically say if you grew up at Kennedy, you had it made in the shade and you had the connections, you know what I'm saying? The great education, the moolah, baby. So we're talking to a man who literally. And also one could argue that him his ability to rebel against what the establishment might be pushing uh could lend some credit to his integrity love each other and are, and you argue a lot right i mean you oh, yeah we were <laughs> we were trained to argue um, and my my grandfather did that with his nine kids mm -hmm. 
you would make them, you know, every night at the dinner table, take opposite positions. Yeah, I do that with my kids. Uh, I think it's healthy. Uh, I think it is too. And I, you know, I think you need, we, ne- we need to learn to talk with each other, dispute, have conversation and discourse without hating each other. I totally know? agree. This, this, you know, I came from an era when I was young, you go down the pub and you'd have an argument and you'd buy each other a pint. And that was it. You didn't uh, fall out with people because you disagree with them. Well, um, you know, my uncle, Teddy Kennedy, <laughs> who is in the Senate for- Can't we all just go to the pub and buy ourselves a pint? You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> I love the way the British people talk, right? Compared to how Americans talk. Yeah, like go down to the pub and buy a pint. You know, cheers, mate. For 50 years. And he has more legislation attached to his name than any senator in United States history. And the reason for that is he he had so many friends on the Republican side of the aisle. He'd come home on weekends to the Cape where we all live in kind of a communal group. And he'd bring Orrin Hatch, who is, you know, to us kind of a right wing Darth Vader. And spend, uh, you know, we'd spend the weekend on a boat with him. And, you know, to see. That's almost halfway through this video. And. I would really have appreciated if we talked about some policies or some of the issues that he wants to fix and how he plans to fix those things. What is his, you know, legislative uh, agenda? Like, you know, who he plans to work with, how he plans to get things done. Like, those are the type of stuff that I want to hear when we talk to a presidential uh, candidate. Now, it's okay to establish some kind of background and history or whatever, but I kind of feel like Piers Morgan did that at the very beginning. And, you know, I'm more looking for the meat and potatoes. I want some substance. Teddy laughing with him and really just enjoying and loving. That's how it should be. It's how it should be. Um, And he never compromises values. Right. But you don't have to. You can can certainly have your views challenged by people who don't agree without losing your mind. Let me ask you, I mean, you you were nine when your uncle John F. Kennedy was assassinated. You were 14 when your father was assassinated. They're very formative years. I've, I've got three sons who both, you know, all three of them came through those ages. Very formative years for such cataclysmic things to happen. What, what impact do you think those two huge events had on your life? Well, you know, I think they were national traumas. Man, write a book. Write a book. Like, I don't care about your history and how it was, like, going on with your family or whatever. Like, you running for president? Like, come on, Pierce Morgan. Like, let's, let's talk about something serious. And they were part of the national trauma. I mean, I guess the vaccine thing was serious, but it wasn't more so like, okay, he's running for president. Like, I need to know exactly like what he's trying to do. You know, there were basically kind of five or six traumas. Uh, Martin Luther King's death, my uncle, my father, the Vietnam War, uh, the, and uh, 9-11 and COVID that pushed our country in a bad direction down the road to be, you know, the military industrial complex and, and to become a kind of surveillance state at home. But from my own mm-hmm. personal point of view, you know, my mom told us something when we were really young, told me something when one of my brothers died. And I said to her, there's always money in the treatment. There's more money in the treatment than it is for a cure. Is that there's the hole that they leave in you when they die? Does that ever get any smaller? And she said, no, it never gets any smaller. But our job is to grow ourselves bigger around the hole by taking the best parts of that, the best virtues of that person who died and trying to incorporate them into your own life, into your own character as part of the mourning process. And that builds you bigger as a person. So the hole proportionally gets smaller. And I think all of us, and my family tried to do that. We were also schooled from when we were very little to never complain. Mm-hmm. You know, that my mother would say to us, there are kids in Harlem and Watts and in Compton who lose their mother and their father, and they don't have the family we have, and they don't have the educational opportunities. Look, I don't have anything against RFJ. I really don't. RFK Jr., my bad. I don't have anything against this man. I would really be interested to see exactly what his policies are, what he's trying to accomplish, why he's running for president. Pierce Morgan, if you wanted to do an autobiography or a biography of this man's life, by all means, go for it. But literally, I, I don't care. I really just don't care. Uh, and it says nothing about the man himself. It's just Pierce Morgan has these picks and chooses on who he wants to go after hard and really nail down and try to get some answers from versus the people he wants to kind of like throw a softball to. 
I'm really trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be getting from this interview that's of substance and why I should vote for Robert F. Kennedy. And, you know, everybody takes their licks in life. And, you know, they, you have to have a mission and you have to keep moving. Take the best parts of that person. Let me ask you about your father then. Do you feel, I mean, he was, for many people, the greatest president America sadly never had. My uncle. Oh, my father. Your father, your father. Uh, what do you think you gained from him? And do you feel his spirit guiding you now as you run for president? Yeah. All right, I had enough of this. Hate me all you want. I'm done with this video. I've had enough. So, you know, if you're watching this in the future, like, subscribe, and share. You know, all that good stuff. I'll let your boy go join the Discord, buy some merch, all of that good stuff. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the video, subscribe for more. If you would like to get access to exclusive content, consider becoming a member or a patron at patreon.com slash the Hobby Lobby. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Hobby Lobby Discord. You can find all the links in the description below.